Oh, hey, John. Hey, Eric. Hey, guess what I brought today for our uh, discussion of the 40s? Oh, what? I brought my dog since we're talking about the Wolfman. Oh, well, well, hey, hey there. Hey, the little guy. Oh, hi. Oh, well, to talk about cat people, I brought my cats. I don't know oh. if that's going to work. Uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, hey. 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 Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Hey. Hey, calm down. It's okay. Ah! Well, at least they stopped. Yeah, what? What'd they stop? I don't know. Oh no! A ghost! Welcome to the Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories, production, monster quality, and scare factor, to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we'll put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready, and begin. Okay, so uh, we're moving right along our decades of death into the 1940s. So we're doing three films um, today, The Wolfman, Cat People, and The Uninvited. Yeah, uh, based on what we just noticed in our cold open, um, it's apparently where horror gets domesticated. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. All of it. It's like, yeah. it's all taking place in the home with these couples, weird relationship. Yeah. Um, so let's start with our first weird relationship, which is in The Wolfman by um, George Wagner and written by Kurt Siedmick, uh released in 1941, starring Lon Chaney Jr. as Larry Talbot, Claude Rains as Sir John Talbot, Bella Lugosi as Bella, and Evelyn Ankers as Gwen. Start with production. Yeah. So the film is timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So, <clears throat> what do you think? Um, you know, I guess we can start with the relationship that I mentioned. It's so so our main character, uh, Larry, played by Lon Chaney Jr., who I, I would say is like a really charming guy until he takes it too far with this girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he. Takes it a little too far. The the film treats it as very innocent, but as a modern viewer, you're just like, Ew, yeah. creepy using your telescope to spy in a window at a girl. And then using that knowledge to pick her up. Oh, yeah. And even admitting it, that he was spying on her. And she's weirded out, but becomes okay with it really fast. Even though she's engaged, uh, he's, yep. he still does not back off. Yep. And so that part doesn't really hold hold up as well but mm -hmm. like i said i i really wanted to like lon cheney throughout this i think he's a very like affable guy he's mm -hmm. he's really tall and just kind of <laughs> slouching and mm -hmm. um i don't know there's there's something about him that i really like just as an actor the charisma that he gives off mm -hmm. um and so he becomes sympathetic when he turns into the wolf man however it takes so long for him to even do that um and um, and then I don't know. I don't know if the payoff's worth it. Yeah, I don't. And and you said that too. I like love him as an actor. I don't know if he fits into the character. 
What? How so? Like his personality. I mean, he's trying to be. I I I look at the Wolfman, and I thought where it was going with it is sort of like the predatory nature. Okay. Of a guy, and he was like almost too nice. But maybe that's part of it. Is he's like luring? I think so. I think there has to be like a tortured quality to him. Okay. Yeah. Well, like the Jack, like the Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. You know? I that's exactly what I wrote down. Is I I think. This is shooting for a lot of the same themes as Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. He but becomes add, the monster that he fears he will be or something. Yeah, but add in, like, really stereotypical, like, gypsies and <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, because th- that's another thing that just really does not hold up well. No. Um, it's supposed to be contemporary, yes. right, uh, of its time. But then you have these, like, really just, like stereotypical gypsies yeah and it tries to excuse that by say by i feel like saying well oh we're we're in europe we're in a different country we're not in america so yes this still happens backwater yeah yeah but i think it's problematic uh yeah it is it is yeah i think that's it's it into the story too the the most enticing part of this movie to me is the story how like it's trying to connect werewolves to sort of like fairy tale and legend that part is cool yeah um but, you know, just don't put us with the outsiders. Like, put us with the gypsies. Let's hear that part of it. Might have been a little bit more effective. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could have. Um, I mean, it's a quick 70 minutes. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love how these Universal movies are just, you know, mm-hmm. they don't mess around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 40 minutes of a 70-minute movie. Um, and I still don't, I don't know if all of that, character development worked for me so i don't know if that was worth the wait for the actual wolfman yeah you know um that's the same amount of time it takes for the hulk to appear in ang lee's hulk movie Uh and that movie's like two and a half hours so like yeah this it just we finally get the wolfman and then Mm -hmm. boom it's over so Mm -hmm. Um, and don't you think it would have been different if it was more like an origin story where the Wolfman had sort of like continued? Maybe it would be excusable because I feel like that's a lot of how those origin stories. Have you seen any of these like sequels of the Wolfman? Yeah, no, I haven't either. There's like Wolfman versus Frankenstein, Wolfman versus Dracula. Yeah, like he apparently fights other monsters. Okay. Well, all I all I know is that like Wolfman in um, you know, Monster Squad. Wolfman's got nards. That's about as far as mine goes. Um, the other Wolfman movies. I mean, but then the, you've got like American Werewolf. Uh, yeah. In London. And and so I, I do like appreciate that this movie, um, I think it starts a lot of that werewolf mythology. I mm-hmm. think with like the silver, oh, I sure. think is, is like it originates from this movie. Um so you, you kind of have to give it some credit for that. Um, and it is one of those iconic monsters. But as far as a movie itself, um, I don't know. It just didn't really hold up for me. I, it doesn't either. And I think part of it is the it is the production part of it that does it. Not that it's not necessarily, like, well-made, but it's the storytelling is clunky Yeah, in a lot of ways. It uh, just doesn't hold – it doesn't pass it, – it, yeah, it doesn't um, – hold up over time yeah i would say and no means no yes 
let's tell it to some of our other characters in yeah. other movies. Yeah, right. Forties, <laughs> um, man. They yeah, did not know how to take a hint. And that's that, in all of these movies. I know. And I think another thing production-wise that I noticed is the um, the use of title cards, which now, like we've seen those other movies, seems like a throwback to the twenties and thirties, mm-hmm. but far less effective. The text that we look at, I think, is less interesting than what we saw in like Vampire. Sure. Um, so I don't, I don't really feel like giving a point because it's not timeless. Yeah, I would agree. In the effectiveness of, of all of those. So yeah, I can't give it a point. I'm not either. Monster quality. The film's monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth. So one thing that I learned um, while researching the film a little bit is that an earlier draft of this movie um, wasn't supposed to show the wolf transformation. In Mm. fact, it wasn't supposed to show him as a wolf at all. It was meant to be ambiguous as to whether or not he actually became a werewolf or if he was just, like, going crazy. Yeah. That would have supported the themes a lot more. The idea of, like, we were talking about Jekyll and Hyde, Beast Within, like, yeah, it's animal nature, violence, brutality. I I agree, but, yeah, it doesn't... I don't think this movie would have supported that, that depth I agree. and ambiguity. Yeah. Um, because I think it is an interesting idea. You also wouldn't get the iconic werewolf look, you know. Right. And, you know, I, I still think that it's it's a cool look, you know, when mm-hmm. he's actually the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, you know, a little campy. Um, yeah. But it's it's iconic. Everyone knows, you know. Right, everybody can tell you that silver bullets or silver, mm-hmm. you know, kills the wolf man. And I, I do like that about the monster quality is it does bring up those ideas of religion versus superstition, mm-hmm. the idea of the gypsy versus the more like um, traditional, you know, basically Judeo-Christian kind of point of view of it. Um, and yeah, there's things I like about it as an iconic character, but in this movie, does it have depth? so there's a phrase that's repeated over and over again in the movie even when a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright and so i think that kind of plays into that sense of the duality of man and how even like the best of us have this evilness within us that can be brought out and so in that way i i do think there's some depth there um and so yeah i don't know i'm actually kind of inclined to give it a point um based on that i i think i do want to i think he had to convince me to give a point i was on a fence uh on the fence about it but i think it sets up all of those things but a lot of times it's kind of swinging a miss (laughs) like the foundation is laid Mm -hmm. for those ideas i just don't know if they're executed but the idea the quality of the monster as presented in the movie, I think, works. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the Phantom of the Opera, where mm-hmm. like we had to acknowledge that it wasn't necessarily a great movie, but it had a great monster yep. in it. And I think that's kind of the same thing here. Really interesting monster. Um, I just wish it was in a better movie. Yeah. And there, are, but the, and that's the thing too, right? There are better werewolf movies. What name one? I, I like American Werewolf in London. Okay, yeah, that is good. I think sometimes werewolves 
they kind of get they they kind of get the short end of the stick. Like, yeah. it, there, I think there are few few good werewolf movies. Yeah, but that's more of a I think that movie I don't think is using the same uh, archetypal fears American Werewolf in London. I, I guess we'll get to it when we get there. But like, I, I don't think that's going for sort of like the duality of man I don't, I, with with the werewolf as a monster. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Definitely not in like more recent portrayals like in uh-huh. underworld it's more about it's like more curses yeah right? or um dare i say twilight like yeah i mean it's just that it's is more, more like, like folklore oh curse. how cool is it that i could turn into a wolf yeah now i'm you know <laughs> now i'm savage yeah i can run shirtless in the snow yeah <laughs> um so yeah. So yeah, but no, but you do bring up a good point. Can you think of a werewolf movie that does venture into that duality of man in the same way? A, a the good howling? one? I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen The Howling. Um, wasn't there a Jack Nicholson werewolf movie called Wolf or Moon or something like that? Yes. Um, but see, like I don't remember, and and so these like hey, I just I think that they're not good. good. Yeah, and like that Benicio del Toro movie, yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I just heard really terrible things about it. It's supposed to be just a remake of this, right? Perhaps, but it's just supposed to be bad. Yeah. So I, I don't know. So I think the werewolf needs his due. I guess is what I'm saying. Like yeah. we've ha- we have great zombie movies. We have. Great vampire, great movies. vampire movies. We need more great werewolf. Don't movies. have great mummy movies. <laughs> I do like the mummy. I like uh, it's Baba Hotep. Movie. I like Baba Hotep. Ah, that would be a good horror mummy movie. Yeah, I'm saying because I like the, the I like the mummy like as an action movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not the, the new like Tom Cruise movie. I haven't seen that. Oh, you're talking about like the Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. As kids, like, yeah. they were great. The Rock is the Scorpion King. Like, yeah, it was so cool. Same thing, like, yeah, there, there needs to be, uh, not, I don't want to say reboot, but a reinvestment in Universal Monsters, I think. Well, that was the whole idea of, like, the dark universe, right? Yeah. That the mummy was supposed to kick off, but the mummy bombed. Yeah. And so I think that there's there's a way to do it well, but I don't think they have it nailed down yeah. well i heard from in mick garris's podcast he was kind of talking about that as the universal is very picky about the rights of those oh, yeah. characters um and he had mentioned that even i think he he was saying like even in the 80s he was trying to do he and some other directors were trying to launch basically what the marvel universe did uh-huh. but with those characters yeah and they just denied him they didn't think that it was property worth investing in i mean that's what they did in the 40s with you know Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah. You know, they did that, but um, it just wasn't developed into, you know, the huge blockbuster franchise that the Marvel yeah. universe is. I think there's potential. I think there is, but it has to be done right. And I think it has to be more oriented in horror, not in action. Not turning them into, like, superheroes, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to see you know, Tom Cruise as an action hero in The Mummy. I want to see, like, a scary mummy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. But, you know, 
universal executives that are listening. We will know, write you one. Yeah. <laughs> if you pay us, we will write your monster movies for you. <laughs> All right. So Scare Factor. No. Uh, film has clear intent to scare. Must be successful in that objective from beginning to end. No. Yep. But, you know, points for... Well, let's back up a little bit. I have some questions. Okay. Like plot questions. Why? First of all, he uses the cane to beat the Wolfman to death originally. Yes. Right? In his fight. Yeah. He leaves the cane there. Okay. Then the police come to him and say, is this your cane? <laughs> uh-huh. We think it's a murder weapon. And then they just leave it with him. Right. So that he can then use it again. Or it can be used again. Yeah. Why? What's the problem? <laughs> okay, <John. laughs> so <laughs> all right, so the murder weapon. <laughs> we just give it back in, to in the an suspect. O- in an ongoing investigation, <laughs> we just give it to the suspect. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong? Yeah, <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> it belonged to him. He bought it. That really bothered me. And then why didn't they notice his telescope? I don't know. <laughs> Aimed at. <laughs> Fair Maiden's Windows. Yeah, I mean, it's, cl- it's so we've clunky. talked before about how we are willing to cut a lot of slack yeah. towards horror movies because we we so badly want to find the good in horror movies. But I mean, this one, it's just just a bridge too far. It just yeah. there's not enough there to to really support it. And I'll tell you what, we'll, and we'll get to this with cat people. I think so. There's this like male female dynamic going on. In Wolfman, a lot of chauvinism. Yeah, I think cat people makes up for that because they, because they switch the gender of the one being transformed and the predatory animal. That's where I think cat people works, where Wolfman doesn't. Yeah. Um, so my question is going even back to Jekyll and Hyde. We said that Hyde wins in mm-hmm. that in both of them, right? Hyde wins in both of them. Yeah, I mean Jekyll. I mean he dies yeah as a result yeah does the wolf win here i think Um, the wolf loses yeah remind me how it ends because it's been a while so so they they uh go into the woods he's transformed they're basically uh hunting him and he's confronted uh by what are those his friends people he knows okay and they're kind of lost in the woods again um and then he gets so he, he, he walks gets, away yeah okay yeah it's it's been a couple weeks since since i saw yeah. it and so obviously he, it didn't what, it didn't resonate with yeah. me or i would have remembered but yeah so um maybe it's just like the hollywood happy ending you know yeah, it is whereas our next movie has that tragedy yeah. that makes it effective. Let's get it. Let's talk about it. So the next movie is Cat People, 1942, directed by Jacques Tourner, uh, written by DeWitt Bodine, starring Simone Simon as Irina, Kit Smith as Oliver, Tom Conway as Dr. Lewis Judd, and Jane Randolph as Alice. Let's start with production. So production, um, I like the acting in this. Uh, it felt a lot less stiff than in Wolfman and mm-hmm. the Uninvited to Me. Yeah, I like that. I did too. I thought I it love, was great uh, acting. What's, um, 
what's ah, what's the female character's name? It's like uh, Irina. Irina. Yeah. Yeah, I loved her. Uh, yeah, she's great. Simone Simon is her real name, mm-hmm. and she's excellent. She has this, you know, interesting accent, mm-hmm. and she plays really mysterious and vulnerable and threatening when she needs to. And did you read? So I had I was watching the Criterion uh, Blu-ray. Did you read the essay that went with this? Mm-hmm. Um, the critic who who wrote about it had a lot to say actually about um, Oliver, the the male character, and how he, you know, kind of plays this very traditional nineteen forties like happy go lucky guy which works here because that's like why their relationship fails Mm -hmm. because he has, he can't relate to her because everything he's had throughout his life has been easy and fun. And he says that at one point. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's brilliant because um, it just shows how this relationship fails because they're just, they, they can't communicate with each other. They don't understand each other. And I think that also goes with, the idea of of the other mm-hmm. and uh you know obviously she is a foreigner and so like initially he is intrigued by her but then like she becomes the victim mm-hmm. right she's the outcast and she's the one that like he's pushing away from yeah um and i really i really liked that he wasn't up for the challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> right and it made it complicated that's the thing it didn't yeah. Even though love happens real fast in the 40s, because it seemed like in no time at all they were telling that they loved each other. I and know some time had passed since yeah. they met, but But in they get any other movie, they would have lived happily ever after. Yeah. But you have here, like, him promising that he'll be patient with her. Mm-hmm. And then after so long, he just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so their relationship breaks down. And it breaks down in, in just very authentic seeming ways with like just little moments of brushing her off or her feeling jealous Mm -hmm. and it just builds and builds and so i just i think it's a very well written script and um believable acting that creates something that is totally timeless i I love the story for a movie called cat people yeah like there's so much to find that's relatable and the way that they insert the um sort of the 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 mythos and the folklore of Mm -hmm. the cat people i think is great it's her like telling about um where she's from and her background and she tells it as her history and she's got the interesting statue with it yeah um and it's not an excerpt from a text Cat mm-hmm. people were once like they could have just taken that and done it as a title card. Yeah, but it's I mean, part of her character. There could have been a scene where Oliver goes to the library and reads, <laughs> reads about, about cat people. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that's not what happens. And so, yeah, it's this this failure to communicate and to really understand each mm-hmm. other. Um, I love the use of um, shadow and darkness in the movie. Yes brilliant um i also learned that it's because of budget constraints but they use it as part of the transformation they use it to create uh you know this eerie tone in certain scenes right but that i mean and that's the thing where you know um limitations create artistry because 
they weren't able to have this Wolfman transformation scene where she's literally turning into a panther. Like, it's all implied through shadow and sound and the actors' faces when they're reacting. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more effective that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about transformation in every decade so far. And, like, the Wolfman, I mean... The special effects are, you know, just those dissolves. And to, so, you know, from his feet into a man in, you know, hairy boots. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's really cheesy. But here, it's so effective because we don't see the transformation. Mm-hmm. It's the, all in the mind. Right. And so the closest glimpse we get is when it gets a little bit darker mm-hmm. uh, in her face. Yeah, and then we see, we actually, there's one scene where we see her as the cat, mm-hmm. as the panther. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the time, it's just the sound. It's just the people's reaction. Yeah, and, and the sound great. is creepy. Yeah. It's like not when she's in normal. The, when, when Alice is in the pool, and mm-hmm. she's like looking around, and it's just this threatening sound in the shadows. Like, mm-hmm. it's great. And lots of like, you know, it, it makes references to cat behavior um, but very subtly, so that that where she's sort of like circling her mm-hmm. in the water, yeah. like a predator, like a shark, or like that panther in the cage, is mm-hmm. super effective. So, I, I want to give it a point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that also kind of leads into monster quality. So I feel like this one does have depth. She has true worry about not just suspicion, but true worry and fear about like what she's going to become through her involvement with a man through like. I like the first kiss idea mm-hmm. that causes sort of like yeah. everything to fall apart. For me, like she is struggling with two things, like her repression of her feelings and passion. Mm-hmm. And part of that comes from her, but also I think part of it, you know, has to do with society and how, mm-hmm. you know, we can't have our women too, um, too emotional or, or passionate. Um, but then I think the other part comes from like her dark nature and her, I mean, seems like depression where she, you know, she likes the dark. She likes listening to the sound of cats. Um, she has a desire for death. Um, and so you have this like whole depression angle to it as well that just is really effective. Yeah. And as as somebody who uh, is foreign to the country, she, you know, is also isolated, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> uh, as a result of like not feeling familiar, and she kind of keeps herself there in mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, so I, I want to give it a point for this too. I think it has checks all the boxes for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie and a so great. I love monster. the story of this. Yeah. Um, and you would like if I if I saw this movie. Just on the shelf without having seen it on lists and heard, hearing about it, but just mm-hmm. saw it face value, I'd be like, cat people? Oh, yeah. There's a reason I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what about Scare Factor? See, this is tough for me because I don't... I mean, there are moments of tension. Like I said, the pool scene. I really love the scene where they're at the restaurant and that woman who also, I guess, is a cat person mm-hmm. kind of approaches her. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Um, the The time that I felt the most like icky was when Doctor Judd kissed her. I, oh, what a creep! <laughs> yeah, and I felt like he was going like that. 
that was set up from uh like the the day one when uh he's he's hypnotized her mm-hmm. and it's like he's he did something asked her something yeah weird. he's he's another man who's like abused his power and is trying to yeah possess her but he gets it in the end yeah and yeah. he deserves it yeah um and so yeah there's there's tension there um but i don't know if i could say this is a scary movie no but it definitely does have suspense I think yeah. there are moments of, of creep factor in there. And then you have the tragic ending where she just, where she does. She doesn't make it. She dies alone. Yeah. Well, she dies with her, the panther. Yeah, I mean, she she welcomes the death. But yeah. ultimately, like, I think the camera just, like, you know, uh, moves away from her mm-hmm. as everyone else leaves. And so she's just she is alone. Uh, truly alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, she, she welcomes death, which is just, yeah, so tragic. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think I can give it a point. I just don't think yeah. there's enough there. It, yeah, I don't know I if wish it's it was, the, but I can't, it's, just, it's definitely uh, an honorable mention. Yeah. For sure. Um, because if somebody was looking for a, a movie from the forties, that's not linked to universal monsters or anything, I, I would give them cat people for sure. Yeah, I just recommended it today to someone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, to another teacher. Yeah. And um, I, I would say this is just a good movie. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for something really scary, then I just don't think we could put this in our canon. All right, and our last one, The Uninvited. Yes, so this movie came out in 1944. Directed by Lewis Allen, written by Dottie Smith and Frank Partos, based on a novel by Dorothy McArdle, starring Ray Milland as Roderick, Ruth Hussey as Pamela, Gail Russell as Stella, and Donald Crisp as Commander Beach. Let's start with production. So, the score of this movie, I cannot handle it. It sounds like a cartoon. What? Really? So The music in this was a cartoon from the beginning and it just kept going and it didn't make sense or add suspense to the movie it was just like very plucky to do 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 like xylophone yeah and then stella by starlight that like you know ballad that it like transcended the movie because like people i i think people know that song but not necessarily they don't necessarily associate it with this movie yeah the this movie production wise has moments for me but overall it it was rough. Um, let's like start with the acting. Okay. The thing that was rough for me with the acting is very stilted. Okay, maybe for the time. Um, but what kept happening as they're investigating, sort of the, the ghost and going on, it what happened was is it was just the three of them running from location to location and then explaining a theory. Hmm. Um, then moving to another location, explaining the theory or getting it from somebody, and it just like was exhausting. See, I, I found Raymond charming, and I found Gail Russell really sympathetic. I, I agree. I think she is. I, yeah. I think she is. Yeah. Um, and so I like the characters here. Um, I like the mystery too. Um, this is uh, reportedly one of the first, if not the first, like kind of major Hollywood movie to 
take ghosts seriously, even though there's a lot of like comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Like this is a real ghost. Um, it isn't, you know, someone pretending to be a ghost mm-hmm. or, you know, a ghost that's just causing mischief. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost with like evil intentions that possesses Stella and, you know, wants to destroy her and people associated with her mm-hmm. um and i mean i guess we can we can talk a, more about the look of the ghost in monster quality but for special effects i thought it was a really unique take on a ghost yeah the like kind of hard to just like undefined womanly face with like almost like a cape or something mm-hmm. i thought that was just really interesting and um and so i like i like the ghosts i like the characters and i usually don't pay too much attention to lighting but i love the lighting i did write here. that i do like the lighting in the use of <clears throat> the the ghost moaning sound effect because yeah. it's complex and when they start to explain the different parts mm-hmm. that they're hearing i did like that part so with the lighting there's there are always shadows like in mm-hmm. every shot and so even if, I don't know, for, for, for me, that, like, it just made the movie ghostlier to me. Like, how we all, um, you know, have our shadows following us with something intangible. We will, you know, eventually die and become ghosts. And, um, and so I felt like that kind of, I don't know, visual was very appropriate for a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. And I like it also going with the idea of the ghost movie. Maybe this is more monster quality, but the idea and its connection to place, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cemented there and it's drawing others to that place. Yeah. And it's very um, iconic. I mean, the house on the cliff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you've seen it parodied a lot or copied. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I have a tough time with, even with uh, when they're going through the different explanations, granted, I guess they go through sort of like some cliche stuff, like it's this rattling or what does that grandpa say? The subterranean echoes. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's like an explanation for like, you know, how USO, a UFO is really like a weather balloon or something. You know, yeah, like he's yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. rationalize it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we have is, you know, the story of, this woman who um, was married to a man that had an affair, right? And um, she resented the mistress. And in death, like, she she wants to harm the child because it's not her child. Right. It's the, uh, the mistress's child. Yeah, I just wish it, we would have had maybe more of... Not the ghost point of view, but the uh, the daughter's point of view on there. The fact that it's the their brother and sister, right? Yeah, kind of a weird relationship. It was, yeah, it was weird. And then they buy a house together. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know if that was maybe an excuse not to show them in the same bed, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, we can't have them be husband and wife because they're going to be living in that house. So yeah. Well, ghost and then stuff he's, on. He's, I mean, he's going to beds by themselves. 
Yeah, and then he's going to be involved with, with the exactly. Stella, and then she's going to get involved with the Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> which is just like all of a sudden out out of nowhere <laughs> at the love. final scene. Hey, it's I like, told you, hey. <laughs> love moves fast in the forties. It does. <laughs> it does. We do have kind of another like uh, old guy, young woman. Yeah, and he's a little bit creepy. I think she does like Stella. Can sense more in this movie, like she's she's up for it a little more. Um, she's a young fool; she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah, but she is very innocent. I mean, she yeah. she has very little life experience. She's very sheltered. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that. Um, I think there's also just some some real hate on gypsies in the 40s because I think there's <laughs> yeah. more like just kind of anti-gypsy sentiment here. Um, well, but I think that's also the um, just uh, anti uh, anti foreigner. That's true. Uh, that that's happening in the 40s. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what leads up to uh, yeah. you know World War II. Yeah, it's not too far removed. Well, this is during. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This is 44. So yeah, this is even during. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's even more. Yeah, so that's so, that's unfortunate, but I, I'm gonna give it a point. I found the movie really charming, and um, I think an effective ghost story. I so I'm not gonna give it a point for production. The okay. uh, even though I've recognized in some scenes the lighting that you're talking about, I think Cat People does it better. The use of shadow and lighting. I mean, because I there's more of it. I just didn't. I think it's more um, overt what the shadows are doing in Cat People. Yeah. I think the shadows in The Uninvited, just more, I mean, they're just there. And so it creates like this ghostly quality to the scenes, even when there's not a ghost in the scene. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, what about monster quality? Monster quality, however... Um, I do think, like what we were talking about before, the the fact that it is an actual ghost, um, mm. its connection to place, its motive to do harm, yeah, and the, and the backstory, the way that the backstory unfolds, mm-hmm. I I did really like, yeah, um, how they sort of like peel back the layers mm-hmm. of this family story. Um, I really did like that, and I feel like in the movies, the ghost, the ghost stories, and the ghost movies that we've come across, those are the ones we really attached to the ones that are not so superficial yeah and i feel like this meets the qualities of having depth mm-hmm. and everything we're afraid about um of a ghost yeah and i think it's it's kind of cliche at this point but um it, it's almost unavoidable you know the way that they overcome the ghost is by no longer being scared of it Right, like he laughs at. He's like, "I laugh at you," <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it. I just wish there was another way to kind of overcome this this monster in horror, where once you're no longer afraid, it's no longer a threat. I think it works really well in movies like The Babadook. Um, but here, it's just, I just don't. It doesn't, know. yeah, it doesn't resolve why she's, the ghost is trying to do that. To the yeah, girl. and like. It, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with fear. It's, it's revenge. And yeah, and it's not clear that like it, take, 
it takes the ghost's power away. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, that that just fell a little flat for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to give it a point too for everything you said. I mm. I really um, think it's it's a good ghost story. Yeah. Um, so what about scare factor? Scare factor? No, it didn't happen for me. I mean, those moments towards the end where they're in the house and like all of the ghost moments, I liked, but they were totally overshadowed by everything else for me. I think the crying at night was genuinely creepy. Yeah. Um, I also thought there was a really creepy moment where um, the maid thinks he's a ghost or, or something happens where um, the man, uh, Roderick, he like gets a flashlight and like shines the flashlight on the maid and he's looking around the house. And I thought that that part was a really good use of darkness and um tension but i mean those are just a handful of moments in Mm -hmm. you know a a long movie so i don't think i can give it a point for scare factor either this is one of those times too that's really hard i think we're going to face going through these different decades is like i know it's an important movie yeah but for our criteria for things that we're recommending um i just don't think it stacks up Right. So, I mean, it doesn't have the points to get it into honorable mention. Um, it's. I think there are better older movies. I mean, like The Haunting and the Innocence are just. That's they're exactly so what I was good. thinking. I was, I was thinking of The Innocence. I was like, does it better? Yeah. Not that you can't have movies that are different and still be as good, but it just, yeah, you're right. Like, it just, it does it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's unfortunate because I do like, find it really charming, but it's just, <sighs> the numbers don't add up. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, I know this is my production point, but I couldn't, I like, oh, it was, it was grading in some point. Yeah. No, it's, that's the thing. It's, um. You know, we there has to be more of a consensus for us to, you know, get it. That, that's why it's well, that's why it's tough. But if you know what, I'd be willing to. We talked about some of these movies like that didn't make it, like revisiting. Oh, sometime down it. the road, yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. I'd revisit, revisit it. it. I'd watch it again. Yeah, with a different like mindset. Mm-hmm. But from the get go, and that's the thing too is that was the. I watched Wolfman a while ago, but that was the first one I watched before Cat People. So okay. maybe that's why I like Cat it People so much. Suffers because it suffers was... from comparison to Cat yeah. People because that movie is so strong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that covers the 40s. I mean, actually covers four years of the 40s, but, yeah. but we have to move on. Yeah. We're going to say case closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theme of the 40s, love moves really fast. Yeah. And so we're moving really fast, too. And um, we're going right into the 1950s. And so the next episode, we are going to be talking about the creature from the Black Lagoon, the fly, and the blob. So creature features mm-hmm. from the 50s. Maybe need to take this to the drive-in. Yeah. It will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I mean, have you seen all of those? You know, I've never seen the fly. I've only oh, ever okay. seen, you know. See, I've never seen the clips. blob. Oh, I've seen the blob. Okay. <laughs> it's 
I, it, the reason why I put it on the list is that to me is quintessential like drive-in monster movie. Yeah. Because the blob is giant. People are like running. It's a, that the classic like ah yeah. screaming. And see, have we have we ever covered a Vincent Price movie? Before? Uh, do we do the House on Haunted Hill or no? The Last Man on Earth. Mm-mm. No. No, we haven't done those. Oh my gosh, we have to do the Last Man <laughs> on Earth. I'm like, oh okay, that's gonna be one of our vampire movies. For okay. Sure. Um. Yeah, well, anyway, so this will be our ver- first Vincent Price movie, and I think it was mine, too. I have a very strong memory of when I watch this movie, but maybe I'll save it for the next episode. Cool. All right, well, you can check out more episodes and travel back in time all the way to the 1900s uh, at our uh, website, unoiasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E. You can follow us at the underscore terror underscore test. Pencils down, the terror test is over. Mm-hmm.